1: Living like at. you're living, living like you're living, caught up in the make-believe, lost in yeah. your dreams, yeah. ghetto people, stop giving up your self-respect, stop it, ghetto yeah. oh, talking to my people, yeah. Life can take some strange turns on you, living with the bad. A day that's not worth having Chances on the shore Falls a free You're never gonna feel What you need When what you really want
2: but there were others as well as Tymere, Punt and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zungay, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankarae at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you had a good day yesterday. Hope you're going to have a greater day today and even better tomorrow. And I hope you get attention to all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And I hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it is not and it has to get done, you will get it done. No matter what. And you'll do it safely. This program, African Perspectives, is here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 central, 9 to, 9 to 11 mountain time, and 8 to 10 pacific time. Or any other time around the world, but if you cannot listen to this program live, you can go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. You click on that. the drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. You click on that, and there will be programs that are dated Entitled, thanks to my good brother and friend, Brother Kwaku. Peace, appreciate you, dear brother. Right on. All right. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Times are going to give our Eastern Times. So on Tuesdays from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10. On Fridays at 8 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And, of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We by Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American-African-owned businesses. is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need, believe me, from American-African-owned businesses. It's webuyblack.com. All the products that are produced by us. Check them out. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tayemba. He is leaving for Tanzania, November 17th to the 28th, 2022. And it is four thousand dollars Tanzania. Uh that has been changed. It was thirty eight hundred. Aha. Understandable. Hey, it, you know, things go up. Uh the, the 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 Senegal trip and the Liberian trip is still thirty-eight, but all the others are now are four thousand. So that's four thousand dollars, family, Tanzania, November seventeenth through the twenty eighth. And then December 24th to January 5th, 2023, Ghana, $4,000. Senegal and Gambia, March 30th to April 10th, 2023, 3800 May 24th to June 5th, 2023, Ghana, 4000 July 20th through to July 29th, 2023, $3,800, Liberia, November 16th to November 27th, 2023, $4,000. Tanzania. And then December 24th to January 4th, 2024, $4,200. This call may be recorded or transcribed. South Africa. Let me just say this, brothers and sisters. It's logical for these things to fluctuate like that. And the brother knows that all prices and tours and land investments are subject to change until you make a deposit. Oh, make your deposit and it'll, it'll stay right where that is. But all of these things have changed and they change. But once again, Brother Bomani's an honorable brother, a good man. Appreciate him. And everything on the website is right there. All you need is go to the website and everything is there for you. The documents, the visas, the the shots, all the stuff is right there. Africa for the African.org. Brothers and sisters, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani. 2007 Africa for the Africans.org. Habesha, dot Incorporated.org. Habesha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. The work that they do is phenomenal here in the States. Of course, they have the, uh, the Kashi, the Havasha Works Program, the Black Tar the Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and the Urban Green Jobs, number of programs. And of course, the, the Ghanaian program that they have, because they're going to be going to Ghana October 8th through the 17th, 2022, the Kashi Project. The launch will happen October 8th through the, 20th, the 17th You'll get a chance to see it yourself. In fact, for more information, go to Havasha.org org forward slash KASI, Kashi, KASI. Get all the information you need. It's, you can make donations. They're 5013C. Do great work. Habershaw Incorporated.org. The LEDGE program. LEDGE stands for the Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. And of course, LEDGE deals in in the areas of human existence that are necessary for human existence which is food, water, clothing and shelter they have 12 projects in 6 countries on, in Africa but over 170 employed and over 260 members, brothers and sisters become a member of the Ledge group and to his help sustain this great work that brother Peter Brown is doing if you become a member you have the opportunity to buy land in Tanzania at $250 an acre $250 a acre. you will own land and have an opportunity to go there check it out, maybe plot it out and see what you're going to do with it and build something on it. And, hey, that's right. Land in Africa. Leds Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibi Atumi. Abibi Atumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com Abibi Atumi.com they have all kinds of good programs of at BB Atumi. Once again, their website is not moving for me. But um they they have uh, shop groups, forums, you know, all kinds of events, language, you know, they, they got it all. BB dot com, brothers and sisters. Go to a B B Atumi A B I B I T I I a b i b i t u m i dot com a b b a t u m i dot com. All right. Smy <laughs> Pharmacy. Smy Pharmacy. S. A. Excuse me. S m a i. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Just my glasses here. S m a i f a r m a c y. Pharmacy. Smy Pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, give Brother Jabril a call at 731-327-6229. That's 731-327-6229. If you want to send him an email, Pharmacy at gmail, Pharmacy at gmail, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Moses. For the Moses West, go to the MosesWestFoundation.org. dot org. Moses West Foundation. Learn more about it. The uh, A W G, Atmospheric Water Generation Process. The A W G, the technology that, that he has developed. You can make. There is not. There's not going to be a shortage of water, of clean drinking water. He can make it. Water's in in the three phases. Water is is liquid, is solid, and is gas. Okay, and as a gas, when you don't see it, the water molecules are in the air. You take some out of the air, purifies it, condenses it, purifies it. Out comes drinking water. Okay, so, and we need drinking water. We need water, and I'm quite sure other places. So, once again, I have in contact, I talked to Mama Nabantu, but we're talking about, and she told me about a sister, who also, who was in Nigeria, wants to do this, want to provide at water for our brothers and sisters on the continent. So we want to make direct donations so we can provide water on the continent. The Medu, excuse me, Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located in the West End of Atlanta here on Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard. They have delicious smoothies and fruit drinks, all kinds of pastries and all kinds of other foods. In fact, on Saturday and Sunday, they have vegan food for sale and they have all kinds of uh, organic you know smoothies and stuff like that and health food they serve they have a health food component in Bodata's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on Ralph Dibben Abernathy give them a call at 404 444-1635 that's 404 444-1635 the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall Mamma Nia's Birthday that's right, her birthday is coming up this weekend. This weekend. I think it's Friday, yes. It's Friday. So after the program, after my program, I'm going to go head to Mama Nia's uh, bookstore, the Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, and wish my dear sister a happy birthday. She, I'm telling you, she's a beautiful sister. Give her a call at 404-346-3263, 404 404-346- 346 3263 three, and call her and wish her a happy birthday because you know she has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, t-shirts, figurines, all kinds of stuff at the Medu Bookstore in the Green Brown Mall. The other bookstore we talk about here is Brother, Gazimze, Brother Gazimde Ajamu's Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar located in Lithonia, which is east of here, right off of I-20. That's right. Give them a call at 770-305-6373, 770-305-6373 at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar in Lithonia. There is light in the Black Dot. The exit just south of there is Turner Hill Road, exit 75. Brothers and sisters, you want to take that exit to get to the new Black Wall Street Market. That's right. The new Black Wall Street Market, located in uh, in Stonecrest, used to be a Target's big big store. So what they've done is they rearranged things, made made uh, made stores, and other uh, kinds of attractions at the new Black Wall Street Market in um, Stonecrest, right off of I twenty. Exit 75 or Turner Hill Road. Make a right. Three lights. Make another right. And there you are on the left. The new Black Wall Street Market. Us Lifting Us. The Economic Development Cooperative for our people is Us Lifting Us. Their Thursday night broadcast tomorrow night is from 9 to 10. From 9 to 10 on Blog Talk Radio. Blogtalkradio.com. Forward slash /ulu the name of the program is dare to win and of course the thursday night broadcast deals with what us lifting us is all about pulling our money together doing things for ourselves you can um, you can call to listen or you can call to if you have a comment or question or concern and you just dial 929 477 2789 that's 929 477 2789 us lifting us thursday night broadcast homeland village cultural gift shop and everything else that brother abijah got going on in macon georgia 2910 napier avenue in macon give in macon give brother abijah a call at 478-256-1166 that's 478-256-1166 homeland village and cultural gift shop in macon georgia they have all kinds of things there they got meditation sessions chess club healthy cooking class because that's right because they have a vegan restaurant they have a vegan restaurant on the premises along with f- furniture clothing d- DVDs health stuff everything I'm telling you and here are some of the events tennis lessons story time for children homeschool meeting place moon circle drum classes Roundtable discussion, periodic pilgrimage to Baba Dr. John Henry Clark's burial site in Columbus, Georgia. Been there myself. Man, beautiful. Homeland Village. Sun God Essence. Well, Sun God got sense, your one-stop natural shop located, located in. Forest Park, Georgia, 4140. 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Brothers and sisters, contact my sister, Shelly Amonset. And her number is 404-434-7963 Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located in the inside the International Discount Mall in Forest Park, Georgia. Once again, that number is 404. 434-7963 four, four, Sanjay-Haiti Sister Gabrielle Aurelia is doing outstanding work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti um, brothers and sisters go to our website at Sanjay S-O-N-J-E Haiti A-Y-I-T-I dot Sanjay-Haiti Ackerman Institute. Ackerman Institute. Hey, what is this thing here? Why does, why does this thing keep coming up? Okay. Why do you want to do this to me? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I swear sometimes this technology will be killing you, man. African-centered online homeschool program. Um, Ackerman Institute, and it's a full-time African-centered homeschool program. In it's 24th year of operation. You know, they've been dealing with language, arts, math, science, social studies, including African and American African history. The game of chess is also a class. And it's for students from 4th grade to 12th grade. So if you're if, if, if your son or daughter or grandson or daughter falls into that time frame of or grade area of 4th grade through 12th grade. Check it out. And it's for this, of course, this school year, the 22nd into the 23rd, 2022 or 2023. And it's going to be Zoom. Contact Baba Baruti or Mama Ya by phone, 404- 753-7237 404- 753-7237 or email YaBaruti at Yahoo. Mawalimu Baruti Barudi Yahoo. Okay, yeah. And in September next month, September tenth, it's the sixth annual African Warrior Men's Day celebration in in honor of the warriors. The, the presentation by Baba Malimu Barudi followed by a sister's dedication and question and answer. It'll be Saturday, September 10th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Live and online. So for those who want to check it out live, it's going to be at the Black Dot. And the donation is $10 for men and $5 for boys. Live event to be held at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore located in Lithonia, okay and uh so that's 770, 770 305, 6373 all right and kibuka kibuka brothers and sisters remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors that's going to be november 19th 20 twenty two at from five PM to nine PM at the Sweet Spot, Metropolitan Parkway in Atlanta. Twenty dollars for family, fifteen dollars for a couple, ten dollars for an adult, five dollars for children. Kibuka. Remembering the middle passage through the eyes of the eye. Very emotional, very deep. Dad got gotta check it out. All right. Okay, family. Let's go to the NA of daily revolutionary thought. And then we'll you know, go to some other areas that we're going to deal with today. August 9th. Jegna. Jegnach. Plural form. Jegna. J-E-G-N-A. J E G N A Jegna Jagnot J E N O C H J E N O C H plural form Jegna are those special people who have number 1 been tested in struggle or battle number 2 demonstrate extraordinary and unusual fearlessness number 3 shown determination and courage in protecting his or her people land and culture Number four, shown diligence and dedication to our people. Number five, produced an except, an exceptionally high quality of work. And number six, dedicated themselves to the protection, defense, and nurturance and development of our youth by advancing our people, place, and culture. Nana Kwaku Burko, Dr. Wade Nobles, Dr. Wade Nobles. In Greek mythology, Mentor is the adult male whom Odysseus, the protagonist in The Odyssey, trusted to raise and protect his son, Telemachus, as he traveled the world in search of adventure. Mentor, however, apparently had plans that went far beyond the mere development of of Telemachus' cognitive skills. His intentions as a Greek were naturally homosexual. Historically, in European culture, when boys or girls are left in the hands of adult males or females, they become their sexual victims. And this is what makes using this Greek term mentor especially and extremely problematic for Africans seeking to maintain a heterosexual sanity. We give power to others and their way when we use their culturally particularly terminology to define ourselves, those we honor and by default their in our actions and performance of those roles. So Africans should use the term Jegna, J-E-G-N-A, not mentor. I repeat, Africans should use the word Jegna, not mentor. When honoring those particular Africans who unselfishly put put so much of their energy into training our youth to be adult warriors, we honor them. We should. Affirm, I am a Jegna. I am a Jegna. And I'm honored to be so. August 10th. If an African-centered liberation movement is to be successful, it must rescue the collective African mind and soul from the clutches of Eurocentric and non-African-centered ideology. Dr. Amos Wilt. We got two of the baddest brothers, Dr. Wade Nobles and Dr. Amos Wilson. Right on August 9th and August 10th. Liberation does not just happen. It requires, inter- it requires an intentional planned movement which the problem has been articulated and the means of correction understood and agreed upon by all involved. Any movement designed to liberate African minds and therefore African people must be informed by the magnitude and tenacity of our mental bondage and the fact that we are and must be uncompromisingly African if we are to be free. We must be uncompromisingly African if we are to be free. Nothing else. That is it. If not, no matter the efforts or sporadic successes, it will never truly emancipate us. If one tether, one surveil link to this cultural chaos remains, we will again be drawn back into its insanities. Affirm, I will tolerate not one tether, not one surveil link, to this cultural chaos. Affirm, I will not tolerate one tether or not one surveilled link to this cultural chaos. Brothers and sisters, the inye Saysim of daily revolutionary thought. The inye Saysim. Yesterday was Matthew Henson's birthday. Matthew Henson, of course, you all know who Matthew Henson is. That's the brother that made it to the North Pole before Admiral Perry. Okay, he's the brother. And and based upon what I've seen and read over the years, and I remember, you know, that was one of the people, too, that I learned back in, uh, back in the 60s, late 60s, that learned power was Matthew Henson. And strong brother, beautiful brother. He is Taraji P. Henson, that's right, our girl Taraji P. Henson's great-great-grandfather's brother. Matthew Henson is Taraji P. Henson's great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's brother. Right on. (laughs) Right on, Taraji P. Henson. Matthew Henson's birthday, 1865. At the time of uh, the ending of our captivity. Congratulations to Sister Dr. Danita Ball. Dr. Nelia Ball, she won the uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff's position yesterday. Uh, Wisconsin had their primaries yesterday, and she won um, for sheriff. Yep, congratulations to her. And in fact, uh, I never forget when they hired this this Caucasian from out east. You know, she was in the running. In fact, her and a few other Milwaukee. Um people in the Monkey Police Department. In the Monkey Police Department were in running. But yet the mayor, Tom Barrett, decided to get this Caucasian from out east. Brought in. And this mother I, I was at a community meeting and he, he, he said it not only once, which I corrected him, but twice. He said it at a at a Saturday evening forum for a lot of people and then he said it at my at my good brother's friends. Uh, Association, Northcott Neighborhood House. Again, and he said, crime creates poverty. I'm like, no it doesn't. Poverty creates crime. If you have a community that is economically thriving and people got jobs, people got cars, they got a nice home, they're sending their kids to school and so forth, the neighborhood You ain't got no damn crime, but if you have poverty and people think that I got to get mines anywhere I can, you're going to have crime. Yeah. Yeah. So, But anyway, uh, Dr. Danita Ball is now the Milwaukee County Sheriff. Also to Mandela Barnes, my good brother, my friend, Jesse Barnes, son. Mandela Barnes was the lieutenant governor of, uh, of Wisconsin under Tony Earl, Tony Evers, excuse me, Tony Evers, and um, Tony Evers now has a challenger who is uh, some Caucasian who, who is a Trump supporter. He is supported by Trump. Now, this is interesting, y'all, before I say something else about Mandela Barnes and who his challenge is. There are some Democrats who are supporting in these primaries, the trump back candidates, because the thinking is understanding these trump back candidates are way out there, still believing that the uh, election was stolen and other conspiracy theories and so forth, you know and you just saw it recently, and many of them came out uh, with uh, Trump being um investigated at his place, the FBI and I'm I'm sorry, whoever else went to Mar-a-Lago down there in Florida and, uh, you know, went through some other stuff that he had there. I mean, I can't see, uh, also too, a judge signed an order to have it happen, which which was appointed by Trump, okay? And to me, if a judge looked at what they were saying needed to be done, it obviously it was correct now what i would like for them to do is to make sure that the public knows why they did it to make it correct because what you have is once again all of these you know right-wing nut jobs talking all this smack about you know and then they said well if we become if 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 the republicans get back in power we're going to defund the fbi oh really Oh, when, when, so when we talk about because of police brutality, defund the police, oh, yeah, you know, that, I'm telling you, that's why I hate this place, family. I'm serious. I do. I hate this place. I I, I can't wait till my grandson is in a position, he, he's maybe junior, senior in high school, and then I am gone. I am gone, family. I hate this place. But uh, Mandela Barnes, Jesse Barnes and and his wife's son, he won the nomination for U.S. Senate. This is huge. He's going up against Ron Johnson, that idiot, that idiot, and who should have been investigated. To me, all those people who are involved with Donald Trump, all of them should be out of government. They should all be out of government. Whether it's on a local level, state level, federal level, they should all be out of government. Ron Johnson is an idiot. He is an idiot. I remember his ass was down at Juneteenth Day last year. Not this year. He might have been down there this year, too. They was booing him. <laughs> it's almost like that time I seen Ranch Previs. I seen Ranch Previs. Who, uh, when Trump took over, he was uh, a position that he gave Rance Previs, because Rance Previs was the Wisconsin State Republican Committee Chair. And um, he gave him, I think, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so Rance Previs, I saw him at uh, the 50th anniversary, 2015, um, in Selma. And so I'm down you know, at the base of the bridge, you know, you go across the bridge and then you go down. At at that point, where it's down, when you go down the bridge, that's where they got that beat down. And that's where they were met by the police, you know, with the dogs and the horses and so forth and got that beat down, you know, and of course, there's a marker there and so forth. So here comes Rance Priebus along with three people, three young people, a Caucasian, a brother, and a sister, Young Republicans, you know, and so I says his name, and he's shocked. Oh, you know, because I was on a program with him on the radio. Of course, I don't give a damn. He don't remember me, you know. But I was on a program with him on on radio, and um, anyway, he startles him. Said, "Yeah, Rans-. so I said this, that, and the other." And I said, "You know what? This is rather disingenuous of of, of you and your party, because at that time I already was aware." Of what the Republicans had done to um, through the Supreme Court with the Voting Rights Act. To me, this is a god. It's a damn shame that we got to go through this voting rights thing every damn year or few years or so. Either you have the rights or you don't have them. Nothing. Nothing should be. Malcolm said it best. If it doesn't take anything for you to get your rights, it shouldn't take anything to get mine. But you make these special provisions and then you change them. I hate this country. I hate these crackers. I hate them. Okay, compose yourself, Brother (laughs) Oshi. All right, family. Let me, um, well, you know I hate the British. So before I get off into Black Friday, Black Friday, before I get off into Black August, in this month, there were multiple, multiple uh, disturbances, riots, insurrections, you name it. Historically, with um, uh, Nat Turner's rebellion, uh, the Haitian Revolution of 1804, August, the riots that happened in 67, 68, 65, and Watts, that's what we're going to talk about today. 65 in Watts, but 67 in Milwaukee, in Detroit, Chicago, 68 in Chicago at the um, Democratic National Convention, August, but riots. So we're going to talk about that. But let me, I've seen this piece right here that i and it's a little lengthy, but not really. But I want to talk about it because. Um. you know we need to understand that uh, the British I hate them I swear I do and the biggest country in Africa that the uh, that the UK colonized is Nigeria the biggest country that the UK colonized in Asia is India you know When then it was comprised of the present Pakistan and Bangladesh. When the UK came into Nigeria and India, like all other countries, they colonized. They brought along their technology and their religion, Christianity, and culture, their names, their dress, their food, their language, their culture. Once again, Europeans imposed their culture on those who they colonized. Okay? particularly the British. Try as hard as the British did, India rejected Britain's religion, their names, their dress, their food, and even their language. But they did not reject the British technology. Today, 80% of Indians are Hindus. 13% are Muslim. 2% are Christian. one9 are Sikhs. And point eight are Buddhists. Hindu is the official language of the government of India. But English is used extensively in business and administration and has the status of a subsidiary official language. It is rare to find an Indian with an English name or dress. Or they dress in that way. On the other hand, Nigeria embraced to a large extent the British religion, Christianity, although there's a lot of Muslims in uh, Nigeria, but m- basically Christians I've been to, church. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing I've s- I seen when I went to, N- uh, to Ghana the first time. When I went to Ghana the first time, back in uh, the ninety ninety six, 96, I think it was, and seeing these posters, billboards of white Jesus. I know, I know, it's sickening, isn't it? Yeah. The difference between Nigeria and India experience is that while India is proud of its heritage, Nigerians take little pride in its heritage. It's a situation that has affected the nationalism of Nigerians and our development as a nation. Before the advent of Christianity, the Arabs had brought Islam into Nigeria through the northern part of Nigeria. Islam wiped away much of the culture of northern Nigeria. Today, the north has only Shira law. Shira courts, but no customary courts. So from the north to the south of Nigeria, the western world and the eastern world has shaped our lives to be like theirs. And we have lost much or all of our identity. Long after the British and the Arabs left Nigeria, Nigeria has waxed strong in religion to the extent that Nigerians now set up religious branches of their of their homegrown churches in Europe and America Asia and Asian, other African countries just like the Caucasians brought the gospel to us. Nigerians now take the gospel back to the Caucasians. In Islam we are very vibrant in the extent that if there is a, a blasphemous comment against Islam in Denmark or in the US even if there is no violent reaction in Saudi Arabia the Islamic headquarters in the world that's Saudi Arabia, the Islamic headquarters in the world, there will be loss of lives and destruction of property in Nigeria. If the United Arab Emirates, a country with 75% Muslim, is erecting the tallest building in the world and encouraging the world to come and invest in this country by providing friendly environment, Boko Haram ensures that the economy of the north and by extension that of Nigeria is crippled with Bombs and bullets, unless every Nigerian converts to Booker Town's brand of Islam. We are indeed a very religious people. Meanwhile, while we are building the biggest churches and mosques, the Indians, South Africans, Chinese, Europeans, and Americans have taken over our key markets telecommunications, satellites, TV multinationals, banking, oil, gas, automobiles, aviation, shopping malls, hospitality, etc. It's just like brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are, where you're listening to me from, but I'm here in Atlanta and, and what they say about Atlanta is bull, it's the black Wakanda, you know damn Wakanda here. We don't own nothing. We don't run nothing. You go to every store. We don't have a supermarket here. That's a damn shame. The city of Atlanta, small as it is, 600,000 people, 40, 45, maybe half of that is us. The metropolitan area of Atlanta, 6 million people, a third of that. 2 million people are us. And we don't run a damn thing here. Oh yeah, we got dark faces in high places in government. It's the same thing. We're just about to happen. Could happen in Milwaukee. The the, the, the police chief is American African. The, the sheriff is uh, a brother. Will be the chief of the fire department soon. So what? So what? It doesn't mean independence, self determination, liberation, or even sovereignty for us as African people in this situation. All it means is acquiescence. Go along to get along. Hope and pray. <laughs> Ironically, despite our exploits in religion, we are a people with little godliness, a people without scruples. It is rare to do business with a Nigerian pastor, deacon, or knight, elder, brother, sister, imam, mullah, Haji, uh, or without the person laying landmines of bribes and deception on your path. We call it PR, facilitation fee, processing fee, transport money, financial engineering, deal, or whatever. But if it does not change hands, nothing gets done. And when it is amassed, we say it is God's blessing. (laughs) Some people assume that sleaze is a problem of public functionaries, but the private sector seems to be worse than the public sector these days. One would have assumed that the more churches and mosques that spring up in every nook or cranny of Nigeria, the higher the morals in our society. But it is not so. The situation is that the more religious we get, the the baster we become. Our land never knew the type of bloodshed experienced from religious extremists, political desperados. Ritual killings, armed robberies, kidnapping, internet scams, university cultists, and lynch mobs. Life has become so cheap and brutish that every day seems to be a bonanza. We import the petroleum that we have in abundance. Let me repeat, Nigeria imports the petroleum that they have in abundance rice and beans that our land can produce in abundance, and even toothpicks that primary school children can produce with little or no effort. Yet we drive the best of cars and live in the best of edifices, visit the best places in the world for holidays, and use the most expensive electronics and telecommunication gadgets. It is now a sign of poverty for Nigerians to ride a saloon car. Four-wheel drives it is. Even government officials who were known to use only the um, the good cars, has official cars, has a sign of modesty, have upgraded to Toyota, Pyro, whatever that is, without any iota of shame. In a country where 70% live in poverty, of the people in Nigeria live in poverty. I've already mentioned many times before, uh, in the top 10 of Christian churches or pastors' earners, two or three are in the top 10. That means they're earning billions. I mean, excuse me, millions. They're earning millions, tens of millions. Nigerians. It's a damn shame. A nation that imports toothpicks and pins, flaunts wealth and wallows in, you know, at a time its children are trooping to Ghana, South Africa, and the UK for university education and its sick people are running to India for treatment. They're running to India. India produces the automobile and exports it to the world. India's medical care is second to none and even America and European traveling to the country for medical treatment. India has joined the nuclear powers. India has launched a successful mission to the moon, yet bicycles and tricycles are common sights in India. But in Nigeria, only the wretched of the earth ride bikes. I have intentionally chosen to compare India and Nigeria rather than China. North Korea, Brazil, Malaysia, or Singapore because of the similarities between India and Nigeria. But these countries were not as promising as Nigeria at the time of our independence. Some would say that our undoing is our size. No. I did a piece on that uh, many months ago That population is not a, the European has an issue with population because the European has always been a minority, a small minority. So he has a population uh, phobia, wants to get rid of. The European does. And it was shown through the graphs that, that, uh, in the article that I read, that the bigger your population is, the better you are able to have a vibrant country. Some would say that our size is our undoing. The 2012 United Nations estimate puts Nigeria's population at 166 million, while India has a population at 1.2 billion. Some would blame it on the multiplicity of ethnic groups. We have 250 ethnic groups. India has more than 2,000 ethnic groups. Some would hang it on the diversity in religion. We have two major religions, Christianity and Islam, but India has many more. Some would say it is because we are young as an independent nation. We have 52 years of independence. India has 65, while apartheid ended in South Africa only in 1994. They have, you know, the the um oh I'm about to go to a break here let me let me get a call, let me get a call in. There. and you know if you've already called, you're on the queue if you want to make a question you have a question comment or concern, hit star twice, hit star twice right now if you've got a question or comment or concern, hit star twice, and let's have a little dialogue before the break. The break is upcoming, and like I said, today we're in the, after the break, we're going to talk about um, black August, the Watts riot the Watts Disturbance. There's so many things to, to describe that, you know. But um, we're going to talk about Watts and many other um, disturbances or riots that happened, particularly in the 60s. Particularly in the 60s. And and, and of course, if you remember, the Johnson uh, had a commission, the Kerner Commission. The Kerner Commission it's not what is up with all these riots and so at the end of the Kerner Commission back in 69 the report came out and said hey the reason why all these riots is happening is racism the reason why all that happened is because of the educational process that is lacking for people of color particularly for African Americans housing you name it police brutality you name it that's the problem of course nothing was done Nothing was done. Nothing's ever been done. Nothing would ever be done. Nothing would ever be done. So if you want to get in right now, let me see if Wes want to say a little something. 404, good at, Good morning, still. Good morning. Research Wes, good morning. Oshie, okay, okay how you be, my brother? I'm uh, doing well, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm just
3: listening, man, enjoying the uh, discussion, man. Okay, well,
2: good, uh, good. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you listening and calling. Let me um, go to go ahead and go to this break. And on, the, on the other side, we're going to talk about the, the disturbances that have happened in this country, the riots in this month, in black. That's why they call this Black August because a lot of resistance has happened in this month. Okay? So stick with us, my brother. Right on, my brother. I appreciate yes, you. Yes, sir. All right. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com We'll be right back. You stay with us.
0: You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com
2: We all agree tonight, all of the speakers have agreed that America has a very serious problem. Not only does America have a very serious problem, but our people have a very serious problem.
1: America's problem is self-destruction, animal, self-destruction.
4: Is it's one of two suckers, ignorant brothers, trying to rob and steal from one another, you get caught in the mid, so to crush that stereotype, here's what we did, we got ourselves together, so that you could unite and fight for what's right, not negative cause, the way we live is positive, we don't kill our relatives, pop pop pop, one shot, who's to blame, headlines, front page, and rap's the name, MC Delight, here to state the bottom line, the black on black rhyme was way before our time, triple brother, like knife as his wife cried because he died a trifling death when he left his very last breath was I slept so watch your step back in the 60s our brothers and sisters were hanged how could you gangbang I never ever ran from the Ku Klux Klan and I shouldn't have to run from a black man because that's
5: Funky fresh, dressed to impress, ready to party. Money in your pocket, dying to your body. To get inside, you pay the whole ten dollars. Got safe with a razor blade. Take to your car, leave the guns in the crack and the knobs alone. MC lights on the microphone, bum rushing and pushing, snatching and taxing. I can understand why brothers don't be maxing. There's only one disco, they'll close one more. You ain't guarding the door, so what you got a gun for? Do you rob the rich and give to the poor, yo daddy? Yo, this is straight from the mouth end up in jail they and gotta, gotta go. Cause you could do crime and get paid today. And tomorrow you're behind bars in the worst way. Far from your family. Cause you're locked away. Now tell me. Do you me. really think crime pays? You're on
4: taking what your brother had? You little sucker. you talking all that jazz. It's time to stand together in a unity. Cause if not, then you're we're soon to be self-destroyed, unemployed. D rap race will be lost without a trace or a clue but what. To Form and you learn to be self-sufficient, independent to teach the east is what rap intended. But society wants to invade. So do not walk this path that they laid it. Self-destruction, it self-destruction. Let's get together because we're falling apart I heard a brother shot another It broke my heart I don't understand the difficulty, people Love your brother Treat him as an equal They call us animal Mm-mm, I don't agree with them I'll prove them wrong But right is what you're proving them Take keys before I leave to what I'm saying Or we'll all be on our knees praying. We're heavy deep Deep in the heart of the matter The self-destruction is served on a platter Making a day Not failing to anticipate They got greedy so they fell for the bait That makes them a victim but to the vets, they're a duck. There's no one to rock, cause in jail, you a number. They never took the time to wonder about Self-destruction,
0: destruction yeah, Self-destruction, destruction. Yeah, destruction Yes, we urge to merge, we live for the love of our people
2: to hope they get along. Getting a point to our brothers and sisters who don't know the time. Boys, don't be right around. Instead, in your head, you know our job to build and collect ourselves with
0: intellect. Come on. to keep, keep myself, myself in check, check or else, else
4: it's self-destruction, it ain't for self-destruction, self-destruction, it ain't for
2: self-destruction. You are listening to Time For An Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at Time4 Awakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on Time for an Awakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Self-destruction, brothers and sisters. That's what we're headed for. Seriously. African Perspectives, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank, from 8 to 10 on Tuesdays with Dr. William Rogers. On Fridays, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern, it is Time for an Awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m. Once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. The Watts Riot. Once again, um, this being Black August, so many things happen in the month of August, historically, you know the haitian revolution eighteen o four August, yeah, a lot of stuff happened in August, and um, you know, but initially, as it was formated, as it was forming, it was the resistance in the prisons. It was Jonathan Jackson trying to free his brother George Jackson and being murdered being killed, and then of course, a year later, George Jackson was killed in Sodad prison, and all the political prisoners. In fact, uh, the N.A. Saysim, I read, Mutulu Shakur. You know, I think he got out. I believe he got out. His health was really bad, and I'm not, if somebody knows for sure, give me a call. I believe that he did yeah yeah the month of August the Watts riot or disturbance or uprising or whatever you want to call it rebellion you know also to Nat Turner his rebellion August August 11th, five days to the 16th of 1965, 1965. Didn't think about it then. I mean, I went to, um, as I mentioned earlier, went to Selma. I think that was April, though, of 65, Uh, excuse me. 2015, the 50th anniversary of of Selma. You know, a lot of these things are commemorations and photo ops. Yeah. On August 11th of 65, Marquette Fry, a 21-year-old American African, was pulled over for drunken driving after he failed a field sobriety test. Officers attempted to arrest him, Marquette resisted and with the assistance of his mother uh, Renee Price a physical confrontation ensued in which Marquette was struck in the face with a baton meanwhile a crowd of onlookers had gathered rumors spread that the police had kicked a pregnant woman who was present at the scene six days of civil unrest followed motivated in part by allegations of police brutality and abuse nearly 14,000 members of the California National Guard were called in to help suppress the disturbance which resulted in 34 deaths as well as over four f- of that time, 1965 money $40 million in property damage. It was the city's worst unrest until Rodney King and the reason why Rodney King was more because of the cost and so forth not necessarily too much damage but of course you know they, it was damage yeah 34 deaths, 1,000 injuries, and over three, three 3,400 were arrested. In the great migration of 1950 to 1940, the one that I mentioned before, but the way my family came out of Georgia and moved north. You know, they were moving north, northeast, and midwest, and Detroit, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas, Cincinnati, Boston, Philly, New York to pursue jobs, newly established manufacturing industries, to cement a better education, such opportunities, and to flee racial segregation. Jim Crow laws, violence and racial bigotry in the southern states. This wave of migration largely didn't happen in L.A., but the second migration in the 1940s, the second migration, 1940s, you had workers leaving Uh, Black people leaving, families migrated to the West Coast in large numbers in response to defense industry recruitment, efforts to start uh, for World War II. In fact, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, issued an executive order, 8802, directing defense contractors not to discriminate in hiring or promotions, opening up new opportunities for people of of color, but of course not uh, uh, Japanese. The American-African population in Los Angeles dramatically rose from approximately 63,000 in 1940 to about 350,000 25 years later, by the time the riot happened 25 years later, rising from 4% to 14% of L.A.'s population. L.A. had really strict covenants that prevented specific people from renting or buying properties in certain neighborhoods. That's that's historic. That's historic and and systemic across this country. You know, European is is not very welcoming. He's not very honest, not very truthful. He's very self-centered, very selfish and greedy. It is who he is. It is who he is, and that causes problems yeah at the beginning of the 20th century, Los Angeles was geographically divided by ethnicities as demographics were being altered by the rapid migration from the Philippines and immigrants from Mexico, Japan, Korea and the southern and eastern parts of Europe. In 1910s, the city was already 80 percent covered by racially restricted covenants in real estate. By the 1940s, 95% of Los Angeles and Southern California housing was off-limits to people who were not Caucasian. People who were not Caucasian and who had served in World War II or worked in L.A.'s defense industry returned to face discriminatory patterns in housing. In addition, they found themselves excluded from suburbs, restricted to housings in East or South L.A., which included Watts and Compton such real in fact was interesting if, if i haven't been to compton i no i have been to compton i didn't i haven't been to compton uh even when i went to um um watts a few years ago before the pandemic i went to to the big street festival to have in august <laughs> yeah and and so what Happens in, in Compton now is the takeover of Compton by Latinos, and some of them just overtly, you know, nasty about it too, you know, forcing our people out of the neighbor, out of their neighborhoods. Such real estate practices severely restricted educational and economic opportunities available to those who are not Caucasian. Following the U.S. entry into World War II, attack on Pearl Harbor, the federal government moved or in turn, 70,000 Japanese-Americans from Los Angeles, leaving empty spaces in predominantly Japanese-owned areas. This further bolstered the migration of African-Americans, American-African residents, to the city during the second migration to occupy like, vacant spaces such as Little Tokyo. As a result, housing in southern Los Angeles became increasingly scarce, overwhelmingly the already established community and providing opportunities for real estate developers. Davenport Builders, for example, was a large developer who responded to the demand with an eye on undeveloped land in Compton. What was originally a mostly Caucasian neighborhood in the 1940s increasingly became an American-African middle-class dream in which blue-collar laborers could enjoy suburbia away from the slums. (laughs) Yeah, we're moving on up. In the post-World War II era, suburbs in L.A. grew uh, explosively as American African residents also wanted to live in peaceful white neighborhoods, Caucasian neighborhoods, in a thinly veiled attempt to sustain their way of life and maintain general peace and prosperity. Most of these suburbs barred our people using a variety of methods. Caucasian middle class people in neighborhoods boarding American and African districts moved in mass to the suburbs. They did that in Milwaukee. In fact, they did that here. They did it everywhere. And of course, uh, since the downtowns, which were deteriorating at that time, and then, of course, money came into them and blustered, and uh, new uh, venues, um, theaters, and so forth, sports arenas, and so all those things came into the city. The Caucasians now are moving back into the city. All that white flight has been reversed; they're moving back. Gentrification, where I live here in Atlanta, seriously gentrifying. I don't know if I said this. I told this to my daughter. I said, I "Saw a Caucasian just walking up the street, you know," and I just had to pay more on my taxes and so forth, more on my on, on my uh, mortgage, you know, and um, I mean a lot more. So, as I saw him walking, and and I was you know pulling by, uh, I pulled up on him. I said, "Excuse me, do you live over here?" Yes, I do. You know what? You're the reason why my damn taxes and stuff is tough as up. Yeah, thanks a lot, dude. Bye. <laughs> Drove off. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Dad, you didn't do that. You know me. I did it. <laughs> Hell yeah, I did it. Because that's the fact. That's the fact. Yeah, they don't give a damn, do they? No, they don't, and never have. And the same go They." They never will. Despite his reforming, having a professionalized military like police force, William Parker was LA's new face. And he repeated the criticism of the city's Latinos and African Africans for police brutality resulting from his recruiting of officers from the South with strong anti African and anti Latino attitudes. Chief Parker coined the term thin blue line. Yes, that thin blue line protects us, um, good people. From that very bad that element, that's the same thing. Harold Breyer in Milwaukee. Harold Breyer in Milwaukee was the police chief at the time of, of the disturbance, and uh, he looked like Bull Connor. I ain't Bull. I ain't bullshit. <laughs> he looked like Bull Connor of, of, of Birmingham, Alabama. and had the same mentality. You know? Yeah. Because Milwaukee had defined lines of segregation. They had a viaduct that ran through the city. You know? and And... and the south side of the viaduct was Caucasians, the north side of the viaduct was especially the near south side and near north side. And of course, when we started to move, we started moving further north. In fact, when I was a kid, uh, there was a a main street, a main thoroughfare, Capitol Drive. We wanted wanted to get to Capitol Drive. Then later it was Silver Spring, and then it was Brown Deer, you know. (laughs) Now, we weren't going south, okay? We weren't going south. But now we live all over and, you know, deal. The city's gone to hell anyway. So on that evening, uh, Wednesday, August 11, 1965, with 21-year-old Marquette Fry, you know, he's driving his mama's 1955 Buick, was drunk, and his brother was in the back. You know, his brother Ronald was in the back. And they started fighting with the cops. And and when when Rena Price reached the intersection of Avalon Boulevard and and 16th Street that evening, she scolded Fry for drinking and driving, as she she recalled in the 1985 interview with the Orlando Sentinel. However, the situation quickly escalated. Someone shoved Price. She was struck. Uh, Price jumped on the officer. Another officer pulled out a, a a shotgun. Backup police officers attempted to arrest Fry by using physical force to subdue him after community members reported that police had roughed up uh, uh, Fry and and kicked a pregnant woman. Oh, it was on As the situation intensified, growing crowds of local residency residents watching the exchange began yelling and throwing objects at the police. Fry's mother and brother fought with the officers and eventually were arrested along with Fry. After the arrest of Price and her sons, the crowd continued to along Avalon, Avalon Boulevard. Police came to the scene to break up the crowd several times that night, but were attacked when people threw rocks and chunks of concrete and whatever they could get in a 46-mile, square-mile area south of Los Angeles transformed into a combat zone. For the next six days, for the next six days, the riot was on. And and I know you've probably seen some um uh photos of it, you know, and what happened. Yeah. I'm gonna play something that, that uh and this is how it's this is, this is small, but this is this is how it was sounding and and this is the news feed of the situation of that august eleventh day in 1965.
0: Six days of rioting in a Negro section of Los Angeles left behind scenes reminiscent of war-torn cities. More than a hundred square blocks were decimated by fire and looters, and few buildings were left intact. Firemen were harassed by snipers and brick-throwing hoodlums as they attempted to control the fires, many of which were left to burn themselves out. As the National Guard moved in to restore comparative calm, the losses by fire alone were put at $200 million. No attempt has yet been made to estimate the losses suffered at the hands of the looters, who stole everything from liquor to play pens. were later issued flak suits of bulletproof mesh to protect them from snipers who continued to shoot from rooftops. Nearly 3,000 were arrested, and authorities had to open abandoned jails to house those netted by the police. It took the appearance of 14,000 troops to bring an end to what both Negro and white leaders called insurrection by hoodlums. Civil rights leaders were quick to deplore the unbridled lawlessness and Martin Luther King vowed to do all in his power to prevent a recurrence in Los Angeles or anywhere. An uneasy calm prevails in what is known as the Watts area of the city. A curfew was put into effect, and the entire section declared off-limits to all but residents. The people who live here are suffering great hardship, with no grocery, drug, or other service stores able to operate. A special task force of 1,000 policemen stays on the alert as the thousands of guardsmen patrol an area of 35 square miles. The outbreak spread to other Southern California cities, but were quickly quelled. And Los Angeles authorities say they are now ready to move with dispatch if lawlessness breaks out anew. The riots in Los Angeles have written a sorrowful page in American history.
2: That was the Associated Press at that time. <laughs> Ah, Associated Press. And you see you hear how they describe everything. And of course, uh obviously the the issue is uh those rioters, those those people who are doing all this destruction. <laughs> yeah. To quell the riots, Chief Park initiated a policy of mass arrest. Following the deployment of the National Guard, a curfew was declared for vast regions of South Central Los Angeles. In addition to the guardsmen, 934 LAPD officers and 718 officers from the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department were deployed during the insurrection or the disturbance. Watts and all African-American area in Los Angeles were put under the curfew. Uh, In fact, there's another one I have. I'm not going to play that one. They show where they're just arresting people, stopping them. If they're out after the curfew, they could be whoever, and they'll stop their car and arrest them. Yep. Watts and all, okay. Uh, Eventually, 3,500 people were arrested, mainly for curfew violations, by the morning of Sunday, August 15th. The riot had largely been quelled. They had it under control. Over the course of six days, between 31,000 and 35,000 adults participated in the the so-called riot. Around 70,000 people were sympathetic, but not active. I would have been very sympathetic. Over the six days, there were 34 deaths, 1,000 injuries, and 3,400 people arrested, and over 40 million property damaged. Many Caucasians were fearful of the breakdown of social order in Watts, especially since Caucasian motors were being pulled over by rioters in in nearby areas and assaulted, just like what happened in in, um, the Rodney King. Because this disturbance was you know, it was serious, but Rodney King was even greater because of what happened. Not the beating of Rodney King. Not the beating, not his beating. But the fact that the L.A. and you've seen it. Someone was brave, brave enough because you don't have the incident on on, on video at that time. 1960, you wouldn't have it. But in 92, when Rodney King experienced what happened to him, somebody had a camcorder. Somebody had a camcorder and, filled and filmed Rodney King getting that beat down. I mean, nobody was attempting to, you know, to, they just took turns wailing on his ass with batons and so forth and kicking him. A total beat down, and yet all those officers, all of them were exonerated. No one was found guilty. In 1966, an essay by Beard Rustin wrote The whole point of the outbreak in Watts was that it marked a first major rebellion of Africans, American Africans, against their own machismo and was carried on with the express purpose of asserting they would be no longer quietly submit to the deprivation of slum life. Despite the allegations that criminal elements were responsible for the riot, the vast majority of those arrested had no prior record. That's right. We're all just pissed off. we man, We just can't take no more. We're fired up. Can't take no more. Three sworn personnel were killed in the riots. An L.A. firefighter was struck when a wall of fire, weakened structures fell on him while he was fighting a fire in the store. An LA uh, deputy sheriff was accidentally shot by another sheriff, Friendly Fire, in his struggle with rioters. Every time I hear about Friendly Fire, I think about uh, Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman situation happened nine eleven and you know that's coming up soon and I'll do my annual this is a bullshit inside job uh piece on that and I'll I'll say that in front of anybody's face. I'd tell that in front of anybody's face. Nine eleven was bullshit. Nine eleven was an inside job. Then those Saudi Arabians and you just heard that recently because of uh, uh Saudi Arabia wants to do this golf live golf tournament And all the people are mad at at all those who want to deal with the Saudi Arabia. It was an inside job. That's coming up. You know. But. So. Yeah. The rioting. 9-11. And the scuffles. Despite. Debate rose quickly over what had taken place in Watts as the area was known to be under a great deal of racial and social tensions. Reactions and reasonings about the riots greatly varied based on the perspective of those affected by and participating in the chaos. National civil rights leader Dr. King spoke two days after the riots happened in Watts. The riots were partly responsible for Prop 14, a constitutional amendment sponsored by the California Real Estate Association, and passed that held in effect, repealed the Ramford Fair Housing Act. In 1966, California Supreme Court reinstated the Ramford Fair Housing Act in the Rittman versus Milky case, a decision affirmed by the Supreme Court the following year, declaring the amendment to violate the U.S. Constitution and laws. A variety of opinions and explanations were published public opinion polls st- studied in the few days after the riots showed that a majority believed that the riots were linked to communist groups. <laughs> there they go again, uh, to communist groups. <laughs> they were things by communist groups. <laughs> and of course, the Kerner Commission, uh, the hearings were also intended to make a ruling on a discrimination case against the police for the alleged mistreatment of members of the Nation of Islam. These different arguments and opinions often cited in continuing debates over the underlying cause of the riots. White Flight, of course, took off. Uh, there was a uh, McCone Commission. And uh course later was the Kerner Commission. And in 1972, five, seven years later, seven years later, Stacks Records of Memphis came to Los Angeles on Sunday, August 20th, and put on a concert. And uh, the documentary, Watch Stack, seven years later, that then we we're going to talk about. I got my brother, Brother Gerald Thompson, who was who was in the movie, he's one of the people in the community being talked to, you know. But we'll talk about that. But that's, once again, a whole bunch of of stuff that was happening. Um, Milwaukee had a disturbance in 67, two years after Watts. And at 67, there was a whole bunch, Chicago, Detroit, Probably the biggest one that year was Detroit. Milwaukee's was July 30th to August 3rd. The 67 uh, riot was one of the 67 riot was one of 159 riots that swept cities. Uh, uh, 505, 505. Good, good afternoon, uh- Bob.
3: How are you doing,
2: Ochi? I'm doing fine, Baba. How are you today? you have a question or comment? Oh,
3: you know, I'm just doing my regular listening, man.
5: It's very stimulating.
2: Oh, okay, then. That's fine, dear brother. I appreciate you, man. You know that. Okay? Yeah. All right, peace. Take it slow. Okay.
4: Take it
2: slow. Yeah. You know, I was a teenager, and uh, although I did not, I'm going to just be honest with you, I did not participate in the ride. I didn't throw nothing. I made it back home. I was out. I made it back home. And, of course, the, the uh, National Guard went drove by my house, everything like that, you know. All had to stay in the house. But um, 159 insurrections were happening swept cities in the United States during the long the long hot summer of 1967 in Milwaukee American African residents outraged by the slow pace in ending housing discrimination I did and if you ever heard me I did participate in open housing marches I went across the 16th Street by viaduct where they threw bottles and rocks at us I, I, I participated in the big march that went up uh, down Wisconsin Avenue, the main thoroughfare in downtown Milwaukee. You know, outraged by the slow pace in ending housing discrimination and police brutality, began to riot on the evening of July 30th. Four people died, a hundred were injured, and 1,700 Milwaukeeans were arrested. Then, fast forward, almost almost fifty years. Twenty sixteen, I was in Milwaukee. Then, August, August thirteenth, twenty sixteen, I was in Milwaukee. You know, I live here in Atlanta, but I was in Milwaukee, but not for the ride. I missed it, so I was. I think I, think I was there like August tenth, something like that, I, a week prior. Prior, a disturbance happened to where um, my daughter and, and, and my, my grandson live in that area. Right in that immediate area, there, a riot broke out in the Sherman Park neighborhood in Milwaukee, sparked by police shooting of a 23 year old Seville Smith. And and the deal with Savelle Smith was interesting because um the shooter was an American African police officer. And, and 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 based upon what um one of his relatives said, they knew each other from school. You know? They knew each other from school, Savelle Smith. And um where it started at was Sherman and Burleigh. And it moved up down the street. Some of the places um, on Burleigh Street uh, were gone, content, you know, that's it. And some of them remodeled and came back. Yeah, devastated, once again, the community. In fact, one of the main places where it happened uh, was a service station. These, uh, I'm not sure if they're Indian or Arab no, I, th- I think they're Indian, and and the son of the owner was brandishing a gun and and shot at, and, and that's so their, their their service station was burned, not burnt down, but it, it was modeled and came back, and the the father um, had all kinds of apologies to the community because he made plenty money on that corner. That's a very busy corner. Berleye and Sherman each way. And he is the only service station that's right there. He made plenty of money. You know. That's just like all other cities, brothers and sisters. And you know I, you know what I'm talking about. All the other cities. Want to give me a call? Get in this conversation, please do it. 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. What was the reason for these for these riots in the sixties? The Kerner Commission said it was white racism. As the main cause of the riots, specifically mentioned were pervasive discrimination and segregation, black migration to the cities as, as whites left them, harsh ghetto conditions, the frustration of hopes, and the feelings of politeness on the part of many American Africans. The beating of Rodney King, of course, in ninety two. Because they you know found those officers not guilty, I mean all over the the Rodney King riot was bigger than Watts. lasts longer, more expensive, you know yeah, so these disturbances, and there were many, so many all over this country. Sixty-seven, Newark, New Jersey. Aside from Detroit, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Chicago once again in sixty-eight, the Democratic National Convention in sixty-eight. Now, not so much big time in this time, you know. Not because uh, everything is all good, because it's not. But we have a malaise. We have a, an attitude. I don't. I don't give a damn about rioting. I give less than a damn about rioting. Because the final analysis, it serves no purpose. It didn't serve a purpose then. You, you, when you riot, you always thought that some fundamental change would take place. Well, when the Kerner Commission said what it was about, not a damn thing happened. Not a damn thing happened. So, Yeah. And somebody said, well, you turn up your own community. It ain't ours. These stores ain't ours. 67, the ones that were ours, they put Soul Brother. I'm quite sure what I just said, some of y'all can remember that. You know, they put Soul Brother. <laughs> I remember some Caucasian stores. <laughs> Soul Brother, yeah, right. Take your shit down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they they weren't ours, you know. Yeah, Detroit, Newark—the most destructive. Many contemporary newspaper headlines describe them as battles. As a result of the rioting of '67 and the preceding two years the long, hot summer, the long, hot summer of 67. Yeah. Newark, New Jersey. I remember reading about Newark, New Jersey. The Newark uprising began on July 12th when American African cab driver was beaten by two Caucasian cops. For a minor traffic offense, the five days of rioting and looting that followed and produced twenty-six deaths, seven hundred injuries, and more than fourteen hundred arrests—you know, more than fourteen hundred arrests—the National Guard and the state troopers were called in to restore order. Yeah. So you see, my contention is I. These, and I, and I understand I mean obviously the, the, the deeper rebellions is Nat Turner we're in captivity and brothers and sisters were down with it the Haitian revolution 1804 good movie for you to get to check that out Feast of All Saints the Feast of All Saints. Maybe you might be get you might be able to get that on uh, YouTube or you know one of the uh, streaming streaming uh, channels, Hulu or whatever. The Feast of All Saints. It begins with the Haitian Revolution and and Caucasians getting sliced up. Yeah, and so one of the ladies, one of the one of the young kids, her mommy, mommy, and they take her, pull it, her pull it away, and she goes to New Orleans. And in and, and in New Orleans, the Caucasian men would go to these brothels, if you want to call it that, for light-skinned women. Because dark-skinned women were captives. These light-skinned women were kept women. And they would uh, born them children and they had status. Some would even go over to Paris to be educated. They had status. Very good movie. It's James Earl Jones, who became a photographer, is telling the story. Outstanding movie. Get a chance to check it out. The Haitian Revolution. But all of these things did not produce independence, did not produce self-determination. Did not produce liberation. Did not produce sovereignty. What it did do was give these Caucasians the idea was throw some crumbs at their ass to pacify them, you know, as we continue on with what the fuck, excuse me, I apologize, what the hell we are doing to what we are doing. And that is solidifying our hold on the society I don't see it slipping somebody said do you feel no mm-mm, not today I feel Caucasians are more in control today than they've ever been some could argue that I don't because I look at what's about to happen with these folks uh, 919 919 good afternoon or Are you just listening you want to have a question or comment
3: Good afternoon, brother
2: O. Tep. Hotep, dear brother. How you doing?
3: I'm doing pretty good. Good. I don't know whether you mentioned it, but you know, on August twenty eighth,
2: nineteen fifty five. Mm, Okay. Emmett Till. Oh, that's right. I so did mention I, I did not. I did mention before, not today, about what happened with Emmett Till on the twenty eighth. Of August. I probably was going to do something around that date, but, you know, because it's upcoming. But yeah, yeah. I mentioned, let me tell you what I did mention uh, a few weeks ago, because there's a new movie coming out on Emmett Till, and there was some backlash about it. You know, I remember a documentary from PBS, I thought it was excellent. Excellent documentary. Uh And that's a documentary that I showed to the young people I worked with on my off days uh, from the Milwaukee Fire Department and working with young people in the Milwaukee public school system. You know, mostly all of them did not not know or had heard of who was Emmett Till until I told them. It's a damn shame because they were high school kids. They didn't know. And and I and I stopped dealing with elementary because elementary, uh, not elementary, excuse me, I stopped dealing with middle school because middle school was very problematic. I had some issues with a lot of the student, their behavior was so bad, you know. And it's because I worked in the public school system and, and I, I wanted some bad kids, you know, some kids so I can help them try to get on track and get focused, you know, but some of them were just too deep, you know. But I worked with elementary school and high school Um, students and of course high school students there they understand particularly if they're 10th 11th 12th grade you know they got to get it together you know they got to make sure they get up out of here and be able to do something so their behavior was not as bad and and in fact I had some really good students that still communicate with me today you know a brother just called me uh, just wanted to say hey you know how you doing down there in Atlanta Baba Oshi, or Brother Oshi? you know that's fantastic you know but um, yeah and in that documentary um, they showed what was shown they showed what was shown to the people why, why Mamie Till said no I want the world to see what they've done to my son the picture that was in Jet Magazine and so forth uh-huh. you know and and um, I thought it was very well done the documentary not, excuse me the, the uh, drama uh, a few months ago on Emmett Till, I thought that was very well done, you know, and so now they have a new one coming out, uh, coming out very soon, on Emmett Till. But yeah, August of 1955.
3: Yeah, I had a friend of mine who I was visiting, and this was in around 1985, 86, and uh, his daughter was had to do a uh, a project for school, if somebody that was dead was alive now what would they say? Mm. So I said, who, do one on Emmett Till. She wow. said, I, who is Emmett Till? So I, I said, sort of go to the library and find out. So she did, and she wrote her paper on Emmett Till, and the teacher wouldn't let her read it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they can't, hey, hey, Baba, they can't handle the truth. That's why they have all of this, uh, uh, all all these laws, they just put a law in where you cannot uh, present information that that, that they say are deemed offensive. Even though it's true and historical, but if it shows Caucasians in a bad light of being mean-spirited like they are, we can't show that. We can't see that. You can't read about that. That is going to be suppressed. So she could not do her paper No. See that she's man that's bull because that would have been a great teaching moment because it happened it's true it's real this is what happened and you can present it in a way that I mean yeah Caucasians look bad because they are especially that damn trial that trial was ridiculous and after they were uh, acquitted right after they were acquitted Life Magazine offered them $5,000 to tell the truth. And they told how yeah. how and how they did it and what they did. Shot him in, the, in, 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 his, in his head and then tied that barbed wire around his neck and attached it to a, a, a cotton gin fan. And then threw him into the Tallahatchie River. You know, in fact, it was the sheriff's son who found him. Floating. Some some days later, some time later. You know, this happened,
3: and most people didn't know that they had executed his father. Right in the military.
2: Right in the military. Yes. Yes. Claimed
3: he raped white women.
2: Exactly. While he was overseas, claimed he raped, and that's how he got his father's ring hmm that's how he got his father's ring and 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 that's how he was identified because you could not identify him by face he was his face was so badly beaten and contorted it was sad he looked like a monster he looked like a monster
3: i saw that picture in jet magazine i was 10 years old
2: yeah
3: i didn't speak for about a week yeah i was scared to go to sleep
2: wow yeah so I mean, yeah. You know, there is no end to the brutality of what these people have done to us. There is no end, and yet we keep holding out hope and praying that somehow <laughs> that these people will find in their heart to be, you know, a, a, a compassionate. And so, man, get the hell out of here with that, you know. So, yeah, Baba in Till, nineteen fifty-five, August.
3: The only the only good European.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. <laughs> but I, you know, what's what's deeply sad is that uh they're not going to stop doing what they're doing. They're driven by that. They they developed a belief just as Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, in fact uh our ASCAC meeting the Association for the study of classical african civilization we were dealing with uh dr francis crest Welsing's book isis papers and uh um the uh ne her Neely fuller's uh book dealing with um um keys to the colors color confrontation and 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 what we were saying at 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 that uh, at the at uh, the discussion you know about what she talked about is that they can't deal with it they suffer when they when they began to go out and take everybody's stuff in the name of and then having sexual relationships with the with the women they encountered through rape and seeing the offspring did not look like them causing an innate fear of genetic annihilation in them and knowing said I don't give a damn we got to suppress all of this we got to control all of this in fact uh Ben Waffenberg, European Jew, wrote a book, "The Declining of the West: Decline of the West." You know, where he talks about Europeans. You know, you know that in, in Europe they were paying women to have children because their numbers are so small. The 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 death uh, of Europeans was was highlighted when the Syrian refugees. When the Syrian refugees came through also too was highlighted for me was many of the Syrians had stopped on the island of Lesbo. On the island of Lesbo. And heard that in some time when i talked, when I used to do a thing on that, uh, when uh, the uh, Greeks, who who I mentioned that earlier in the program, that, um, you know, why we should not use the word mentor, because the Greek homosexuality mentor uh, took Odysseus' son and and uh, Telemachus, who's, who he's supposed to have mentored and you know turned him out, you know, and of course the women were alienated, and they went to the island of Lesbo but anyway these uh, Syrians went up that they were embraced. They wanted them to come in because why? the The German people's uh, uh, average age were in the forties. They're not having kids. Not, they wanted people. They want those Syrians to come in to do the cheap labor that they felt that was necessary to keep their society going. And then they brought out that 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 Caucasians need to ha- start having kids. So that's the issue of uh, of the the um, abortion issue. That's the abortion issue. Sixty percent of abortions are Caucasian uh, uh, women. Sixty percent. They don't give a damn if we get abortions. They want to say stop. Y'all from getting abortions because we're they're the minority around the world, and, and it didn't make no difference. Let me say this it didn't make a difference where they were or not, they were going to be in control. They've been in control in South Africa, they're still in control of South Africa, they're still in control in Namibia or Southwest Africa, they're still in control in various parts of Africa and every other, other place that they colonized. They're still in control, they're still a minority in the on the planet. They were the last people uh, uh, a cultural group to develop um uh, biologically so anyway i know my time is up uh, baba
3: <laughs> brother osu you remember when they in, in in england or europe they promoted that drug to promote a pregnancy and the women was having all them deformed babies
2: mm-hmm. oh yes 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 yeah they had a <laughs> they had a drug to give them because they weren't having kids they weren't having them, you know? And so these cause a lot of, in fact, even without the drugs, more defects are in Caucasians than any other group. More birth defects are in Caucasians than any other group. So, yeah. Let me catch another call, Baba. Okay. okay. All thank right. you. No, thank you. Appreciate you. Three four seven three four seven. good afternoon. Yeah, Oshie, what's happening, man? Man, nothing much, brother. Hey, listen, let me ask you this.
4: Why do you think they keep on talking about this Emmett Till situation and let this
2: white woman get away with her part in this whole Emmett Till situation? Well, let me just say this because. Uh, something just came out a a day or two ago because they finally caught a hold of her. She was in, uh, I think Virginia, whatever. She's 90 something years old. She's, she's in hospice, you know, so she's going to be expiring within some, you know, amount of time very, very soon. So they said it it doesn't make sense to bring her in, to put her on a stand, to do any other like kind of stuff. And then, you know, or to litigate her. So it doesn't make any difference. Has like, that make ever stopped you? No, because uh they did that them European Jews did that to all those Nazi cats. They didn't give a damn. They brought okay. that old dude in uh who was in Ohio who who was like 90 some years old, they they wheeled his ass into court. <laughs> and so put him why, in jail. So, and put him in jail. Yeah. Yeah. So why so why should they allow
4: this white woman to get a pass? See what people don't realize is this cracker sets you up to place you in a position to be de- desensitized when the shit starts again. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, this is something that watching, see, in a couple of months and the years ahead, mm-hmm. that that type of sick, twisted behavior is going to repeat itself because of the climate in this country and we as black people who never get a real understanding of the oppressions of this cracker, it's just going to sit by mm-hmm. and let it happen. Yeah. But, you know, that's how, that's how sickness. Now quickly, as far as black August, mm-hmm. all I can say is there's a lot of lessons to be learned.
2: Yes, I agree. There's
4: a lot of struggle that was placed forward. Mm -hmm. Take my hat off to George Jackson always. Always. And his brother. And
2: his brother. Yeah, Yeah. his
4: brother. I Uh mean, his brother a little differently, but as far as George, George showed you the development and the growth of being a true warrior when given the chance Mm -hmm. to step outside of the box Mm-hmm. And see the white man for what he really is, right. and to be able to have other sort of thoughts come forward, like from Mao, Fanon and the others that were able to help mm-hmm. put forward these warrior spirit. So, yeah. look, man, I know okay. you gotta go. I do, but Jay. um, appreciate hey, you, listen, man. man. The bottom line is, we gotta get on our scribble. We got to start looking at these things, analyzing these things. Yeah. And really, in all honesty, man, see these things for what it really was, Because everything comes full circle. And let me tell you, man, what this crack cracker's done and what he will do, it's coming full circle, man. Yeah, well. And it's going to be set up. Because this white man knows that his thing is failing. And he's going to do everything that he can to try and hold on to it and protect it. And, you know, unfortunately, we're going to be the first ones attacked in mm-hmm. that everybody else that we deem to be so-called allies are going to fall in line with that cracker mm-hmm. and attack also to prevent their asses from being attacked. And, unfortunately... We don't see it. Right. Because let me say this last week. We ain't going to save ourselves with this goddamn vote.
2: Stop it, Jay. Stop it. Tell them Negroes to stop that gonna, shit. Gonna the say, vote ain't going to be nothing. Know,
4: democracy, democracy in this country right. hypocrisy. is about the so-called democracy. It's, it's Thank hypocrisy. you very much. Yeah, In this country, is about to be so-called eliminate everybody laughing and joking and he 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 happy
2: about donald trump maybe getting indicted one monkey don't stop don't show, no show baby no it's a mindset it's mentality there you go Ain't no personality okay. all right jay appreciate you brother close out peace my man all right 404 404 697 hey my sister how you doing Oh greetings! I I've just been enjoying your program, and I thought
5: it was so empowering and so good. Thanks to that. And um, you know, I'm I'm uh just saying um, forward ever back never and and right uh, for Black August. That's and right. It's, 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 <laughs> That's it's, right. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal month. Yes, it is. And I'm 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 saying I say a shout out to all of our our people. I I feel they were not. I don't want to minimize saying there was riots they were doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought
5: they were doing rebellions mm-hmm. and that they were warriors. And, um, you know, I salute uh, their their struggle and, mm-hmm. and the sacrifices they were making. Right on. Uh, and, you know, I was insulted and appalled by mm-hmm. whoever that was, the, the, the European or whatever that was trying to call himself uh, analyzing uh,
2: the so the white rebellion saying mm-hmm. there was a bunch of hoodlums. Of course. And so Oh yeah, you because know, because, so that, this reflects, because when they first yeah. came out and all of the news from back then, you you know, that's why I, I played that piece because of how mm-hmm. they were presenting the news at the time. You know. Because how mm-hmm. dare these Negroes <laughs> rebel and each other against us and <laughs> these hoodlums, these you know how dare they <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah so, shut up yeah. and be thankful
5: <laughs> right yeah so that's like i like the people you know we just not just go just stand and take it mm-hmm. you know? so standing up and so yeah okay well i appreciate that and i, I was um what uh I, I think uh brother jay has mentioned what i was wanted to mention mm-hmm. about um the metil and the woman that got off and so you mm-hmm. discussed in mm-hmm. and I, I i'm saying that's unacceptable that's outrageous i feel like she should uh they still need to call her up again mm. <laughs> so that she could she need to do the tie. i mean yeah I mean, yeah. yeah she should what they did and yeah. then to be letting her out so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's just it's, it's a disgrace and appalling I hear you. and i was agreeing with y'all saying it's probably it's just a setup. Okay. And uh, all right, so, my sister.
2: All right. Yes. All well, right. it was so
5: good talking to you. Yeah, but I know I'll be program. seeing
2: you because now we can do some, you know, we got Mark uh, Marcus Garvey day to, on the 20. I'll, I won't be there for that. Cause I'll be in Hartford, Connecticut for our convention. But I know we have uh, a uh, on the 13th um, this weekend, the second annual African Nationalist Pan-African Caravan brought to you by the Black Circle and the UNIA. Atlanta chapter, that's going to be at noon on the 13th. Join us as we caravan through the West End and show African pride, okay? That's going to be happening. That's going to be at noon uh, in the West End area, Shrine of the Black Madonna. You know, I mention that all the time, you know, so that's going to be happening. And, of course, uh, at the Shrine of the Black Madonna, we'll be on the 20th, uh, Marcus Garvey Day. You know, so there's all kinds of good stuff. This is August, you know, it's Black August. Black <laughs> August, <Yes>. That's right. <laughs> all right, my sister. Okay, you have a the good day. day. Okay, BB48. All right. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind, but not just the M-A-I-N-D, not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources everybody wants that they can't do without, and they sure don't want to pay for Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shemhotep means go in peace. Esante sana means thank you. Bibi Fahodie. Bibi means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family.